Hello and welcome to Force of Light Entertainment, where we keep things on the light side. I'm your host, Michelle, and with me, as always, is my co-host, my sister, Natalie. Hello, everyone. We are so glad for you all to be joining in to this episode of Force of Light Entertainment. And if you have not yet, we would like to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. We're everywhere, everywhere podcasts can be found. And also write us an awesome review. That would be awesome. Totally awesome. (laughs) Totally awesome. And while you're at it, go also go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel because occasionally we do uh, shorter, different types of videos that are exclusive to YouTube. So go ahead and subscribe to that channel and give this video a like if you have found us on YouTube today. But before we get started, we want to wish two gentlemen a very happy birthday. And that is Cam Ray and also Alberto from the Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. Both of them celebrated a birthday this week. So we at Force of Light Entertainment hope you all had an incredible birthday. Both of you deserve it. And happy birthday. Happy birthday, guys. And Roberto, I think you are turning 40, if I'm correct. Um, Is that right? Yes, Alberto. Um, And we were just saying, we think... uh, 40 is the new 30. Yeah, like that's so, that's how you make it, man. We keep, keep rocking on. Yeah. So we hope you guys had a special birthday. But we are glad you are joining us today and we are excited because we are going to have and we'll let you guys know a little more sooner or down the road. But we are going to have some very fun collaborations that we've got set up that We will let you guys in on as those draw a little bit closer, but we're excited for those, so stay tuned because there are going to be some very fun collaborations coming your way. And make sure to follow Force of Light Entertainment on Twitter, and that's our Force of Light Entertainment handle on Twitter, because on Twitter, it's where we interact with you all the most. And like this video today that we're doing, it was literally voted on at Twitter, So you guys were the ones who decided what we were going to discuss today. So if you want to interact with us and get to comment and and, um, interact with us, then why don't you go ahead and follow us on Twitter also? Because again, it's just a great way to interact and to connect. Yeah, we love to interact and we are very influenced by we we want to do what the people want. So what you guys want or what you guys say, we very much take that into consideration and we'll talk about most things you guys want us to talk about. Yeah. So we are, today's topic is going to be, we're going to go back in time, uh, you know, around 20 years ago. And we are- Makes me feel old. (laughs) It does. And we're going to be discussing this great big blockbuster movie that came out in 1999 and then in 2001, which is The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. And the way this has come about of us talking about this is, I think it was when you and I and Adley watched Jurassic World on Amazon, it was like recommended, The Mummy. And I was like, man, I've not watched that in a long time. Like, I used to love that. I, I need to go back and watch that. So I decided to this week. And I went back and watched The Mummy, and I posted something about it on Twitter And I was surprised by how many of you immediately commented and talked about how much you enjoyed this movie, how it was a classic. So I decided, man, since this got such a response, I decided to do a Twitter poll because a few weeks ago we had voted and you guys voted with a 
just total that we were going to do it, that we were going to discuss The Dark Knight Rises since we'd done The Dark Knight. So I gave you all the Twitter option on the Twitter poll of, do you want us this week to discuss The Dark Knight Rises or The Mummy and The Mummy Returns? And when I went to bed that night, I was like, well, we'll be discussing The Dark Knight because it jumped out to a big lead and, and I thought, well, that's going to win. But when I woke up, I was shocked to find that The Mummy had had a overnight comeback, a late comeback, and had won the Twitter poll. The mummy was resurrected. It was resurrected. It came back with a vengeance. And so that is why we are discussing that today. But don't worry if you wanted, if you were one of the ones, one of, I can't speak today. One one, of the ones. Yes, one of the ones who voted for The Dark Knight Rises. We're going to be speaking about that next week. So just await just a, a week wait, so it's not that bad. Yeah, hang in there. It's coming. It, it's coming, and, and we're, we'll be excited to talk about that, too. So that is how this has come about. So join the conversation, and let's talk the mummy. All right, I'll start with going back in time to around 1999 when I, let's see, I would have been 10. Yes, I would have just turned 10 when that movie came out. Yeah, because I was like 12, so. Yes, and I did not see The Mummy, it's the first one, The Mummy, in theaters at 10. But I saw it like shortly after it was released on home video or DVD. Good old Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. Remember Blockbuster? Yeah, it was awesome. And so I I got that. And so I guess I would have been 10 and a half, 11 when I, by the time I actually watched The Mummy. And I immediately loved it. Of course, I loved Indiana Jones and stuff like that as a kid. But I will say, because we've discussed how I was kind of a scaredy cat, it, there were scenes in The Mummy that did frighten me a little, but not enough to make me not watch the movie. I still really enjoyed the movie and loved it. And then, in, of course, in 2001, they had the sequel, The Mummy Returns. And at that point, I was just a hardcore Mummy fan. You were all in. <laughs> I was all in for The Mummy. And I remember uh, Natalie went with us, too, on my 12th birthday, because these movies came out in May around my birthday, we went to see The Mummy Returns. And I was so pumped to go see it. And I actually, somehow, I saw this movie four times in theaters. And I don't know really... Knowing you, that does not shock me so much. <laughs> no. That, that, that kind of is like a standard if I really love something. Four's on the light end. <laughs> But I don't know how who went with me those four times. I remember who went with us on my birthday, but it's like, did I get my parents to go see that three other times? Did they just drop us off? I don't know. I can't remember those details. But I remember I loved it that much that I saw it four times. So, Natalie, those are kind of my initial, uh, my I, I'm admitting my love as a 10 and 12-year-old for The Mummy. Natalie, what were your... Well, I think, and especially at those ages like we were, and me being two years older than you, they were such fun movies. And like you said, uh, of course there are, like, moments that can make you jump, or they're, I would say, if anything more scary, they're a little bit gross. Yeah. Like, there's some, like, things where you're like, ooh, it's kind of kind of nasty, you know? <laughs> but um, 
but great adventure movies that they keep it light enough. It's really not scary. I think even yes. for probably a younger person, I don't remember being scared by it particularly. Well, like I said, I, w- I was 10. And yeah. the first and one... Michelle did get uh, afraid. I mean, I'm not trying to throw yeah. you under the bus. And it's not like it wasn't like I... Obviously, I loved it and watched it. Just some of those scenes would make me a little nervous. And I would say this. I think the first one is much... It leans into the horror element much more than the second one yeah. where the second one really does it at all like it's it's much more just an adventure big fun movie they kind of went the uh or i, sh- I guess i should say stranger things kind of went that route from they did the first season to the second season and certainly the third season yes where the the first one is a little more on the horror side i mean it's still not a horror movie by any means it just has a little more horror elements in it and then the second one went more humorous and gave us those connections we wanted yeah. So they really did kind of the way Stranger Things has gone. Um, and also, um, I remember when we were in Chicago a few years ago and we went to, what is the famous, oh, the, is it the, the Smithsonian? Or? No, the, the Field Museum. Or the Field Museum. The Smithsonian's in D.C. Um, that's right. I was a little <laughs> off there. She's not, she's not Evelyn from this movie. No, uh, not a museum professional or librarian by any means. Uh, but we went there, um, let's see. Yeah. A few years ago, my grandfather, our grandfather's actually from Chicago. So he's kind of showing us around his town he grew up in as a young man. Uh, but we went there and I remember the most interesting part to me in the whole museum was where they had actual mummies. Yeah. And so, you know, and I, I know that might be a little gross, but it, they are kind of like, there's, they're interesting to me. Yeah. Just the concept and what they did. And um, so this movie was probably interesting to me from the get-go, just from, it's like that, we've had all kinds of monsters and certainly since then, but that this was kind of a different take on a monster and I think an interesting one. Well, and I think there'd been mummy, there, well, there'd definitely I'm been sure mummy movies been. in the past, but... Because at this point, when this came out in 99, you know, Indiana Jones had, of course, eventually there'd be another one, but had, at this point, had wrapped up in the 80s. So this was kind of unique for the time. It was different. And this is, especially the first one was right as CGI was beginning to become a thing, especially in the early 2000s. Uh, Some of it not so great. Well, yeah, just like when we look back at the Star Wars prequels, you know, the, the beginning of the CGI era. Yeah, some of it's not the best. But I will say this. This movie kind of gets compared a lot to an Indiana Jones. Very much has... Uh, has those vibes yeah. at times. But I will. that's what's, I think, what I like about it. As much as, a, as a, fan, a huge fan of Indiana Jones, it has elements that are similar to Indiana Jones, but yet it's still very different and very much its own movie. So yes. I think they do a good job of there's some familiarness. If you're an indie fan, Indiana Jones fan, but yet it's enough different that you can really appreciate it for its own thing. Like, they're not truly copying Indiana Jones in any way. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, of course, you can see little inspirations. Like, we just saw Indiana Jones Temple of Doom the other night, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like, that's just, I'd forgotten what a fun movie that is. Yes. Uh, but some of the little, like, artifacts or, like, little things in the wood, it's, uh, you know, it'll kind of remind you of something even from that particular Indiana Jones, like, that they first come across. You know, I think more, I think Temple of Doom, and then sometimes in the desert, it can remind you of Last Crusade or certain things when they're fighting. Different yeah. things. But, and I will say this, so, 
like to me But it's okay to be inspired. I mean yes. I'm not saying that as a negative. And I can't remember if it was a Zori Bliss on Twitter. Someone on Twitter said, and I think this is what makes it unique to Indiana Jones, that all the Egyptian lore you know, in it really yes. make it gives its it, its own unique vibe to me in right. the, in this movie. So that that's kind of our initial thoughts on the mummy. And so so now we'll give and we'll get into we'll begin to talk kind of how we feel about this now as adults. So now you know I was a massive fan as a kid, and I've not watched these movies. I mean, it's been 15, 18 years since I've seen The Mummy or The Mummy Returns. I watched one just by myself, like, a, you know, probably seven or eight years ago. It, okay. It had come on TV, and I obviously liked it that much still. I was still intrigued and wanted to watch it again. Well, and that's what I will say. Like, like I said, it's been forever. Like, I was a huge fan, but it's been forever since I've watched these movies. And watching The Mummy, like, I had, ju- I, it, almost immediately as I got into the movie, it was like, man, I still really enjoy this. Like, this was a really fun movie. And that's how I felt watching these again. Like, they're still, like, they hold up. Of course, some of the CGI, you're like, oh, wow. But the movie itself really holds up for being fun, entertaining, adventurous, and being something like I said, has very, you can tell, inspired by Indiana Jones, but because of the Egyptian lore, is very different than Indiana Jones. And what, what kind of movement were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, like you mentioned, all the Egyptian stuff. and um, That's fascinating. It is. like, And I'm sure there are many others, but there is not only the, the mummies, the weird stuff, but there is just something very interesting to me if you're kind of like nerdy at all in ways like that, like old things or artifacts. or I just love stuff that's like old or from a different time. Uh, but just their culture back then, I, I thought was very interesting. So it's just like I, I liked a movie that kind of included a lot of that and kind of seeing glimpses into the past or how their culture was. Yes, and of course, both movies begin by showing you, of course, the mummy or whatever's going to come back. So they begin in Egypt in each movie, and kind of we'll kind of move now into each we'll kind of do we'll cover this movie the way we did the Jurassic Park ones where we kind of discuss characters and kind of split the two movies discussing them kind of going back and forth a little bit but watching the first one the mummy and I will so we'll give now I will say as a kid I grew to love the mummy returns more because it was more that adventurous thing as an adult I would say I think I'd still like both of them a lot but I think the mummy is overall a little bit better. A little what would stronger. You, it is. What What would you say? I would agree with that. Yeah. But I really like them both. I do too. That I like both of them. But I, if I have to give you my favorite, I'd probably go with the mummy. But I, as soon as like they began to show the opening scene, and it's been so long since I've seen anything with Brandon Fraser in it, because this was kind of him at his peak in his just, career. Just so you know, I'm pretty sure he likes people notes. Brendan. Yeah, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, that's not Brandon. My, yeah, my bad on that one. Yes, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> and but as soon as he got into it, I will say this again: the comparisons to Indiana Jones. He there's similarities, but I would say you would almost have to combine him and Evelyn Rachel Wise's character, and then the two of them together could be Indiana Jones. Because she brings she's all... She's really the one with the knowledge. And, I mean, she's a librarian, but clearly in her upbringing, I think it's said in the first one, she and her brother are half Egyptian. Yeah. Uh, so she's learned to read the text, uh, all the historic stuff. So she has a pretty vast knowledge, well, for well, sure, they, of, they, of that kind of thing. They call her... I mean, she's a librarian, but it's very obvious she's a historian. Yeah. Because she knows all the history and the lore, the culture. She knows that. 
So I would say it's like, like I said, you have to t combine these two characters and then you almost get Indiana Jones. But going back again to the opening scene, it kind of hit me as I was watching. It's not that this is an Indiana Jones character. It's to me, it's almost, he's almost like if you put Han Solo into an Indiana Jones movie, except uh, Rick O'Connell played by Brendan Fraser, he is not near as closed off as Han Solo is or guarded as Han Solo is. He's much more open and silly in, in ways. And there's even a couple times he calls her sweetheart at the end of a sentence. And I thought, gosh, that reminds me so much of Han Solo talking to Princess Leia. Kind of, well, I don't know if uh, in The Mummy's case he was trying to get on her nerves, uh, but it just, it reminded me a lot of Han Solo and their interaction. Yeah, and, well, he I does. I mean, she's, off, she's a very different character than Princess Leia. And when I say Han Solo, I feel like Indiana Jones usually is smart. Like, he kind of has a, a way out of things. Like, you can see his intelligence working. Where Han just reacts first and thinks later, almost. Like, he's right. more just jumps into action without, you know, never tell me the odds. And that's kind of more Brendan Fraser's character, Rick O'Connell, in these series. He just more is reactionary, is going to jump into it and handle it, and doesn't always have a plan, just kind of goes as things are thrown at him. So he that's does. kind of the similarity I'm saying there. Except, like I said, he's not near as guarded as, as Han Solo's character is. And he, he truly is. I find both. We'll kind of move in discussing. Like I said, we'll discuss both types of both movies. But we'll talk. We can go into Brendan Fraser as Rick O'Connell. So is there anything you want to say? We've kind of already been discussing his character. Uh, well, I think Brendan Fraser, uh, I think he was excellent in this role. Um, he, he brings so much humor. So much humor, and he's great also at the action aspects of it, uh, and just that sense of adventure to the yes. character. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. We don't really see him anymore. Well, he's on Doom Patrol, which is the DC show that is now, it was on the DC Universe, and now it is on HBO Max, their new app. But there for a while, that was kind of his time. Like in it was. the late 90s, it seems like, uh, you know, he was in several kind of big blockbusters or bigger films then. Yes, the late, yeah, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, what it, Blast from the Past, Bedazzled. He had several movies that came out. I remember out. I liked Bedazzled. Bedazzled was hysterical. Yeah. Like, I watched that movie many times. You guys should check that one out if you like a late 90s comedy. Yes. Yeah, it also has uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Hurley, Hurley as yes. the devil, basically. Yeah, yeah as the devil. It, it's a funny movie. But yeah, so this was him kind of at his peak. And he is just so fun in this role. Like, even the things he adds, like, eventually when him and uh, Rachel Wise's character, uh, Evelyn, when they first see the mummy in the first one, I love how the mummy kind of roars at them, and he just he just does it back to him, just, you know, kind of yells back. It I think just, that was such a great reaction. It, it is. Just like, he's so fearless, and that comes through, and that's what's so enjoyable. Because you can see on his face, like, he's very perplexed Yeah, you know, what's going on, but it's like, ah, you know, this is all I know to do right now, or just his gut reaction. Well, in fact, and Natalie's not seen this movie, there's a moment in Captain Marvel where she does the same thing, and it literally, even when I was watching it, Captain Marvel, I thought of the mummy because of how he reacts and she does the same thing in her movie. But I, I love that. I think that. we're kind of at the point there's nothing new under the sun. You yeah, know? totally. I mean, they've been making movies forever at this point. There's yeah. nothing new. Everyone kind of borrows and things like that. It's right. just how it is. But, but two, we'll begin discussing who, you know, as Brendan Fraser was kind of at the height of his career, 
Uh, Rachel Wise, who played Evelyn O'Connell. Well, her O'Connell in the second one, but Evelyn in the first one. Or Evie, as they often call her. Yes. But I guess she was kind of a newcomer at the time. She I mean, was. I'm sure, you know, she probably did stuff we weren't aware of, but as far as a big blockbuster film. This was really like her... I don't her, think she was a household name yet or anything. No, this was really her beginning to come on the scene. And Nat, Rachel, Rachel Wise, Natalie, what are you going to say about Rachel Wise? The thing I said about Rachel Wise when we were watching, uh, because she was in that movie a few years ago. Oz. Oz. The Great and Powerful Oz, or whatever it was called. And I mean, she was probably, and I mean, I'd have to fact check myself here. but In she her was 40s. Probably, yeah, in her 40s at the time. And I said, Rachel Wise is truly like a fine wine. Like, she just gets... Hotter and hotter. <laughs> well, she is such a beautiful woman. Yeah, you guys know we like to discuss uh, beautiful people on the show. Yes. And I will say this: it was watching Rachel Wise in that uh, the Great and Powerful Oz or whatever it's called. It was like the You're prequel. Like, wow, she's to the Oz. It was watching her dark, dark hair and her pale, pale skin. Natalie and I are both, we're not, our skin does not tan. Like, this is me tan. This, like, this, this, this is, is self, it. This is self-tanner, I don't, sadly. This I don't, is with self-tanner. I don't have any self-tanner on, but this, my skin right now is as tan as it gets. But being, like, living where we live, like, I used to get uh, spray tans and stuff, because that's just... I was Natalie the friendly ghost in middle <laughs> school. But anyways, <laughs> it was watching... Uh, Oz, watching Rachel Wise and just how beautiful she looked with her pale, I mean, pale, pale skin and dark hair. It's when I like stopped getting spray tans. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to rock the the dark hair and pale skin because it truly can be gorgeous in its own way. Oh, definitely. And I love that. Like in anything, like whatever your thing is, like not to get off on a feminine tangent here, but if there's something like, you know, say there's this beautiful celebrity or something and they have something that's, you know, sadly considered a flaw by a lot of society or what we kind of glean from the people around us, uh, but they just like give you the confidence like, hey, they're rocking that. I'm going to do it too. I think that's a, you know, beautiful thing. Well, or two, and we'll get into them next week, um, Anne Hathaway when she plays Catwoman. Like yes. she's got the same type of com- uh pale, pale skin, dark hair going on that, yes, it gave me the, you know, just to be able to accept my my paleness. Well, Shella, if it counts for anything, I think you look amazing. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. I think you're a very stunning woman, Michelle. Thank you, Natalie. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but, but moving into this character, I was so, as I began to watch this again, Evelyn in that first opening scene as we meet her character she, we find her knocking over all these bookshelves, like kind of clumsy. And that's kind of what's so endearing about her character in the first movie. She's very intelligent, knows so much history, but yet she's very clumsy and kind of silly. And yeah. I actually had the thought, and I said this to Natalie uh, when we were watching it, I said, I don't know if they would even make a female character like this anymore. And that's kind of sad little, to me. Is ditzy too strong a word in the it, first one? Well, no, I don't think it's that. She's just kind of in her own head, I guess. Well, her like, brother's the same way yeah, in a male version. True. Like, they're very similar. But I think it's fun because, like I was saying to Natalie, not I, not all females, we're not all the same. No. Like, like some yeah, of us. discussed that before. It's like we're not all going to be Linda Hamilton's in or, the second Terminator. Or just be serious. Yeah. So I think her, her character was so fun and refreshing to go back and watch because she's so likable. Like, she, like I said, she's so smart and so open to meeting people and friendly. 
But yet there's also kind of a goofiness to her character, which she's, is... She's adorable. She is. She's adorable. She really, I mean, sometimes that's all you can say. It's yeah. like the word that comes to mind. Yeah, she really is. So we love Rachel Wise in this role as Evie, Evelyn. And then her brother brings so much humor, Jonathan, in these two movies. Like, he truly is the humor element. Well, they're all humorous, but he brings, like, he's such just kind of a goofball. He's always messing up. He's that sibling you have that's kind of a... (laughs) Kind of a mess up. A disaster. (laughs) Yeah. But... That wouldn't be me, though. But he usually comes in handy at some point in the movies, and his relationship with Evelyn and Rick is always humorous. It and, is. And he just adds a lot of humor. So I always find Jonathan very funny. And then we have the mummy himself, Imhotep. Yes. I think so, yeah. And he does a great job, especially in the first one, of just kind of being intimidating. Yes. And in the second one, you kind of almost like him in a weird way. Like You, you don't you like him. You say that, Michelle. <laughs> like you don't like him, but you do kind of like him. But he does a great job in both of these movies playing the, this this mummy that has been resurrected from the dead. He's an attractive uh, resurrected mummy. He I is. Think. And it, he does a good job with it. And then we have Ardeth Bay, who ultimately becomes the hero's uh, companion and friend who is there to, he's part of the, I think they're called the Magi that watch over to make sure this mummy doesn't return. And of course he returns twice, but he helps them take down the mummy. Or I think as our mother used to call him Mr. Good Teeth. Because he's got some straight up pearly whites. Beautiful, beautiful set. He does have some beautiful teeth. In the movie, but but anything, Natalie, that you want to discuss in the first movie that happens? Like, again, I just really enjoy uh, the adventure element, Evelyn and, and, oh, Evelyn and Rick's introduction's hysterical when he's in the jail. Yes. And she, you know, pays for him to get out of the jail, basically. Yes. After he's been attempted to be stra- or hung and yeah. doesn't take. Right. That whole scene is, is hysterical and humorous. Yes. And then... Thinking of other scenes that make me laugh. And who was it on Twitter, Natalie Find? You guys were loving the relationship with uh, Benny in the first one between uh, Rick and Benny. And they're kind of going at it because there are some really funny moments between the two. Uh, let's see. Zori Blissful. Zori, Bliss. Zori Blissful. Hello. Um, she was saying who else was glad when Wick threw a chair at Benny and hit him with it. Yeah, I think, I think we all. Well, would. and I think a few other people commented. Yeah, uh, uh, Reaper Girl, Reaper Girl, twenty seven. We're, we're reading Twitter handles, obviously, by yes. these names. <laughs> uh, she said, "I liked when he was like, you came back from the desert with a new friend, didn't you, Benny?" Yeah, uh, but but they're my point is in that they're loving the Benny connection because Benny's a humorous character in the first one. And him and Rick, uh, looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they just have a very humorous thing. But I do like that even though Benny constantly is a terrible friend to Rick, that literally up until the final moment, Rick is willing to help him get out of this mess. And of course, well, that just shows a good person. Yes. Like he, he, he's not hateful towards Benny, even though people could be because Benny's been a disaster. He's kind of the ultimate little weasel type character. Like, yes, like he's a weasel. Like that's literally the way he would describe his character. Uh, But anything else that you want to say from the first movie? 
Uh, well, and then I think I wanted to read uh, Zori Blissful's comment, uh, just kind of her overview, I guess, I thought was really good because it's so true. She said, I went to the theater to see it thinking it was a type of scary movie, and I was pleasantly surprised that I hadn't had an element of comedy. Seriously, though, the flesh-eating beetles, you know, in a face. Yeah. <laughs> that is, those, those things are a little creepy. Uh, and the, the rate at which they take their victims. Well... Is the, are you yeah, and it said it? love the adventure and the love story between Rick and Evie. Yes. And yes, those two things I think are key in the movies. And that's kind of a great description because it's, that's what, okay, it's very different than Stranger Things. Let's not compare the two in that way. But the way Stranger Things is not any one thing, I feel like these two movies are. They're not just an adventure movie. You know, there's elements of adventure, horror, comedy, love, like it has everything in it. So that's why I say when I kind of compare it, the way Stranger Things is not any one thing. It has multiple types of movies that it's in. I will say in the first movie, like a, a moment, once we get, uh, once again, especially as an adult, I can't remember when I was like 12 how I would have felt, uh, but as a as a kid, or I, and as an adult, I'm saying, tripping all over myself here, uh, but I felt really bad for the American guy with the glasses. Oh, yeah. And you guys know the scene, if you know the movie, when it's just like his glasses have just been crushed and as a contacts lens wearer myself, <laughs> you know, and back then they didn't have those. So it's like, that's bad enough not being able to see and then you're in the dark and there's this thing. And um, yeah, it's when the, the mummy first, kind of the mummy's first victim. And my question was, though, uh, did those eyeballs, you know, he took his eyeballs, but it's like, did they have good vision? Because they didn't for the previous owner. I guess when he when he put them in his eyes, they magically had 2020 20, 20 vision. vision. <laughs> 2010, I'm sure. Yeah, it was great vision at that point. But yeah, that scene is kind of creepy. Felt uh, bad for the guy. Yeah, it is bad. Uh, the others are, they don't, they really play up that first death the most. Yes. And it's the most kind of horrifying in its own way. And I think he, he seems a little more innocent than even yes. a lot of the other people that die in both movies. So that was a little, you know, you felt for the guy. You did feel for the guy. And uh, anything else that you kind of want to say about the first one? I like how, even though, I love how. Well, it's humorous too watching Rick in the final battle when they're uh, back at uh, Hurrah, whatever it's called, the place of the dead, and him taking out all those mummies with the sword. And they really play up. It's humorous. Like he even does like a baseball swing at one point. Yes. And then. Oh, one thing I will say the mummies, and I believe it's in the first one. Yeah, it's in the first one they start this. But if you notice, they move. They definitely drew inspiration from like monkeys, like yeah. in a jungle that kind of jump from tree to tree. That's very much the way that they have them move. Well, those are the more specialized ones because the others are more just zombie-like. They're okay, easy true. to take because out. I was thinking there's a couple different types, but the the more advanced ones. I mean, the way they can jump and stuff. It's would not be an easy opponent. No, it would not. But I like as much as it is. Uh, you know, as much as Rick is the hero. Oh, and we miss one of the most humorous parts is where Rick and Evelyn are kind of discussing at a campfire and she she's intoxicated and she said, what does she say? Like she's about to say something very profound. Like, I am, I know what I am. I am a librarian. You know, and then she falls, falls well, out. Well, and before that, she says you can take the, like you can take it, the city out of the girl. Or yeah. no, I don't know. She says something so it's backwards, backwards that it's yeah, funny. But it's very humorous. They, but then oh, together. Oh, what is a city like me doing in a girl like here? Or yeah, something what, like that. Yes, yes. What is a, a 
place like me doing in a girl like this or something like that. It, it's very humorous. But you know she's had a lot of the sauce. Yeah, she has at that point. But I love the way, like I said, even though Brent, uh, Rick O'Connell is the hero of the movie, he couldn't defeat this character. He saves Evelyn, but yet he still, Evelyn is critical for him defeating the mummy because she's the only one who can read from the book because she can read uh, ancient Egyptian writing. So I love that they, they, they still have to work together. And of course, it's nice that at the end of that movie, they take Benny's, uh, who at this point has died, they take his camel back who has all kinds of gold on it. So they get each that other. Was a, that was a nice touch. They get each other and the gold. And we find, of course, that Ardeth lived too, who had helped them. And you didn't really know in the first one if he was going to make it through, but he does. So that was fun. Yes. So that's kind Is of... Is that Mr. Goodteeth? Yeah, Mr. Okay. Mr. Goodteeth. So that's kind of our wrap-up on The Mummy. So we'll kind of move in quickly to any... Well, is there anything else you want to say about that movie? It's just a fun... Yeah. If you haven't seen it in a while, I recommend it. It's just a fun, adventurous uh, movie and... I had a lot of enjoyment enjoyment watching it. Definitely. And, like, if you have kids, I mean, some might even be younger and be fine with it, but I'd say at least, like, 10 or older. It'd be a fun, like, family movie, I would say. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And so we'll kind of move in, and we won't stay here long because we've already discussed characters for the most part. But in The Mummy Returns, and The Mummy Returns was one of The Rock's first movies. Yeah, We had the young, a younger version of The Rock. He plays, of course, the Scorpion King, and he's in the very beginning and like I said, at this point, they're using some CGI that's, that's at this point very dated. Just like, as I said, the prequels, Star Wars, uh, CGI dates me. I mean, Michelle and I, we, we watched the second one last night and we were laughing. We were laughing at some of the CGI. <laughs> but yeah. but there, at least they use it sparing enough. It doesn't in any yeah, way ruin the it's movie. It's just at the end yeah, the, it is. of him, of yeah. the Scorpion King. I mean, it literally looks like they're fighting a PlayStation 2 character. <laughs> like, that's what it, it really does. Like. <laughs> yeah. But. But, but so in this movie, it, it skips ahead. And at this point, they've been married for many years and have an eight-year-old son, Alex. And I will say, I think the kid does a great job in the movie. He does, yeah. Like he's, sometimes kids, if they don't watch it, they can be a little annoying in movies. Like if they don't get a really good kid actor. But this kid did a great job, I think, right, in this Right, yeah, role. yeah, he did. And he, he, did. he adds to the movie. And I like that, because we like things to progress, especially in a sequel. And I like that Evelyn's character, which makes sense. It, it wouldn't make sense for Evelyn, Evelyn to be some great fighter in the first movie when she's just a historian. I mean, I don't know many historians that like... Or librarians. Librarians that are great with weapons and, and fighting, personally. But, I mean, I'm sure they I exist. mean, not to make a blanket statement. I'm sure there are some uh, librarians <laughs> but, out there. But they'd be few far in between. Who take Jujutsu or something. Yeah, but it makes sense that her character now knows how to shoot, use a gun, fight more, because she's been married to Rick for, you know, years at this point. And it only makes sense that he would have taught her some of these things. Yes. So I enjoy the... And let's just be real. Natalie and I both had to admit that that she... that. Rachel Wise, she had a glow up in, in, this, in this this movie. The glow up is real. She was adorable in the first one. The second one, dead sexy. Yeah, she's she's a sexy woman in, in the second one. Um, and it, the second one, it's just like I said, it they lean away from even the the horror elements that are in the first one, and it's much more just a humorous big. Uh, adventure type movie. I mean, do people still get eaten some and and all that? 
Yeah, but, but not, but but not in more like in the first one. He literally is hunting those people. Yeah, it, that's why that that's kind of more the horror element comes from. It's truly him hunting them. Or in the second one, it's not that way. Right. And the second one brings up for you all. You guys know we're Star Wars fans. For you all that are Star Wars fans, which many of you are that listen to our podcast, I have come to the conclusion from watching these two movies that J.J. Abrams, who directed, of course, uh, The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker, I have come to the conclusion that he is a secret massive mummy (laughs) fan because there are two things that caught my eye. I remember the the first time when they were releasing or there were leaks of the costume designs for the Rise of Skywalker, and, and someone commented this on Twitter, but it was my initial thought too back when they showed this months and months ago before the movie came out. When I saw Poe Dameron's outfit for the Rise of Skywalker, I was like, wow. They literally copied Rick O'Connell's outfit from the mummy. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, the scarf and everything, the colors of his shirt, pants, the scarf around his neck. I mean, they literally copied Rick O'Connell. <laughs> right. They, and then the other big thing we noticed watching the second one, I think I first said Darth Vader and then Michelle quickly said more like Kylo Ren. But the mummy and the scene where he's got his face covered, you know, because he's not fully reincarnated yes. yet. He's still, you know, very mummy-esque uh but the voice he uses the way he kind of has a mask and like uses his powers kind of uh force-like i thought man you know it was just they probably drew some inspiration from star wars and then it was like kylo ren the voice and everything it was weird in that scene how much they were alike it's the scene where alex their son in the second one they send him to meet the mummy and the mummy has a mask on his face covering his skeleton face at this point and it's what you, what i want you to and notice the dark robe what i want you to notice star wars fans is his outfit like it literally looks like kylo ren in the opening scene of the force awakens so yet again, there's another character that I feel like J.J. Abrams must have been a fan. because, And even he's got those thick black gloves on. Yeah. And as he's kind of like using, it almost looks like using the force. It does. They're just strong Kylo Ren vibes in the scene. So if you've not watched in a while, next time you watch it, just take note of those yeah. two things. Because they, someone got some major inspiration for those those two characters in Star Wars. From the mummy. I'm convinced of it. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> like, like totally. Like that's just, it, it happened. He's he's a mummy fan. Yes. But you hear it, heard it here first. Yes, yeah. He's, J.J. Abrams has to be a secret mummy fan. So so that that's kind of that with that. And anything that you want to say, anything that grabs you in The Mummy Returns or anything about the characters? Um, I thought the story arc of Evie was pretty cool. That yeah. she was kind of like, uh, like, like we said, like I think I even asked, like, well, how did she learn to fight like that or that good in the second one? And when she's like doing flips and stuff, and uh, her son's even like, Mom, where'd you learn to do that? You know, clearly he hasn't seen her do this kind of thing, and she's like, I don't know. Uh, you know, and then you see that as the story pro- progresses, that she is kind of like a reincarnation herself. 
of, a, um, of, of the, the Pharaoh's daughter from the first one. Yes, that ties in, you know, perfectly to the first one. So I thought, you know, since it's movies and magic and everything, why not make a cool storyline like that? Yes. And then they give the connection to Rick has a tattoo that that goes to he's like destined to kill the Scorpion King. So they tie him all in. So it's kind of a neat, it's, yeah. it's fun. I kind mean, of like they were all, they, you know, it was nothing was by chance. It was all kind of their destiny and, you know, to uh, end up where they did and save the day. Yes. And in this one, Evelyn gets stabbed and dies, but she had taught their young son how to already interpret uh, ancient Egyptian. So he brings her back to life. Yes. So, and, and he kind of almost plays the Jonathan role in that scene from the yeah. first one. Right. So, so that's a lot of fun. But overall, I just find both of these movies, like I said, I hadn't watched these in probably uh, 15, 18 years. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen either The Mummy or The Mummy Returns. And I just had so much fun watching these movies. Uh, They're humorous, they're adventurous, they're romantic. It's kind of got a little bit of everything, really. It does. And like I said, if you like Indiana Jones, like I like it, they've got the Indiana Jones elements. But then also they've got those the Egyptian lore element that makes it feel totally different. Yeah. And and I just really do love the characters of Rick, Evelyn, and Jonathan. Like they're just yes. all so much fun. And the mummy does a great job he in does. both movies and brings a lot to the table. Uh there's just it's just a fun just these were big fun movies at the time and still are today. They hold up well in my opinion. So, you know, once again, like we say about a lot of things, if somehow you've Miss these or haven't seen them, definitely check them out. I think, you know, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, because even if you've not seen it, we've not spoiled anything. Like, yeah. the, these movies, there's really not much you can spoil that it would ruin the movie or, or your enjoyment of watching. Right. Uh, because, like I said, they're, they're so humorous and there's just so many elements to them. They are. It's just more, like I said in the beginning, it's more, like, gross, some of the stuff, than scary. Really. Yeah, definitely. But, they're, I mean, there's a lot of fun. And we watch them. You can rent them on Amazon, as I'm sure you can rent them on YouTube. YouTube or all the different type of places you can rent stuff. Yes. But do you have any other thoughts, Natalie, as we kind of close on these characters? I can't think of anything else. Yeah, I just, like I said, I think they're great characters. Uh, Rachel Wise, Brendan Fraser, they all did great jobs bringing these characters to life. And just just such fun, kind of exciting, adventurous movies that I really oh, enjoyed watching. Last character shout out, the woman that's having the affair that was Pharaoh's oh, wife yes. in the first one. And then she has a bigger role, actually, in the second yes. one. But I think she does an excellent job. She does, because that's why I'm saying. Her and the mummy, you don't like them, but yet you like them. There's so, something kind of still likable. So th- th- I think that's always a good job on their role. Definitely. When you can find the villain kind of likable. That, that That's a good, yeah. She does She does do a great job. And I know you're going to be shocked I'm saying this, <laughs> but she's also very stunning. She is. She is a stunning woman. She is. <laughs> uh, so, so that's kind of our take and our thoughts, our discussion on The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. So it was fun watching these movies that I was such a big fan of when I was 10 and 12 years old when these came out. So I, I've had a lot of fun this week watching these movies and discussing them with you all on Twitter. And seeing that I was not the only 
Mummy fan, but that so many of you guys really love the movie and, and want us to discuss it. So we were glad to be able to discuss this movie with you all. And that's the fun thing too. Find us on Twitter. You can discuss with us. Or if you pull up the video on YouTube, you can leave comments and we can, we'll always reply and have fun discussion that way. Because we do encourage you, like I said, this is a conversation. So we encourage, we always want to hear you guys' input. What do you guys think about The Mummy? Uh, have you watched it recently? If you're not, maybe maybe you should go back and, and watch it. They're, they're fun summer movies we'd and we love, are in the we'd, summer. We'd love to hear your feedback and your take on it. Or maybe if you haven't seen it since you were a kid, kind of like us, uh, and watched it recently as an adult, like what do you think about it now? Yeah, yeah. Like, share your thoughts with us. And, but but that is it for this episode of Force of Light Entertainment. And as always, we appreciate you for joining the conversation and encourage you to check out some of our previous episodes or our previous YouTube videos. And you look, can look for a new episode every Sunday evening. Yes, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel and like the video. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Force of Light Entertainment. And I am also Michelle34Smith on each. And Natalie, what are you? And I am Natalie R. Grace on Twitter and NatLovesBella07 on Instagram. Well, again, we appreciate you all joining the conversation. And next time, let's talk some more movies. All right. Bye. Bye, guys.